And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday, the 23rd of November. I'm Michael Bailey, and today we're asking... What sparked those troubling scenes at the Maracanã? The military police who broke up the fighting have kind of pointed to the fact that the tickets were all sold together, not separated home and away fans. Are the World Cup winners set to lose their head coach? There are whispers in the in the Argentine press that there are other reasons behind it. And will it come good for Mason Mount at Manchester United? I think he will get opportunities over the next few weeks and he'll have to take those opportunities, which he hasn't really done. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. As we know, that Nicolas Otamendi goal gave World Cup winners Argentina their qualification win over Brazil at the Maracanã on Tuesday. But it was the half-hour delay to kick off and scenes of baton-wheeling police striking Argentina fans that have lingered longest. Lionel Messi said the night could have ended in tragedy. The events also overshadowed what Argentina's head coach, Lionel Scaloni, said after the game when he appeared to throw his own future in doubt. Jack Lang writes about South American football for The Athletic and he joins us now. Jack, how have things developed since the events of Tuesday night? There's just been a lot of finger pointing. So the military police who broke up the fighting in such violent fashion have kind of pointed to the fact that the tickets were all sold together, not separated home and away fans. FIFA, FIFA's rules are pretty clear that it's not their responsibility. It's it's the host nation's job to provide security. And the Brazilian Federation released a statement saying, look, this actually isn't inconsistent with the way we do these events in kind of FIFA games, national team games, even even a Copa America game in 2019 between these teams had kind of mixed fans in the stands. It looks like there seems to be a bit of a kind of timing issue in that the military police whose job is to kind of maintain the order, apparently they only normally come out after kickoff, whereas this kicked off about half an hour before that. So probably what would want to look at that protocol, but I think there's still going to be a fair amount of mudslinging in the days ahead as as the blame game carries on. We then had these post-match quotes from Scaloni. Jack, what did he say? So yeah, Scaloni really put the cat amongst the pigeons by by making this announcement after the game that he was considering his future. All the Argentine journalists probably sent into you know chaos expecting to write a nice thing about Argentina recording historic victory. And now that you've got this bombshell news, really, Scaloni has, has been a picture of of calmness over the last few years. Obviously very successful, guiding Argentina to the Copa America and the World Cup. But more than that, he's just been a complete break with the kind of craziness and chaos that existed before him. Um, you know, Argentinian football is rarely a stranger to, to drama, but he has really gone about his business so professionally and and calmly really and that's 
exactly what they've needed, I think. So the idea of uh, progressing without him, and it does look to be a serious possibility at this stage, uh, yeah, should be quite a scary one for Argentina, I would say. I bet, Jack. What are the factors behind Scaloni's words? So on the surface of it, he seems to kind of just be tired and understandably so. It's quite an intense job. He's obviously achieved a lot in a very short time and probably consider going out on a high note would be a, would be a pretty nice thing to do. But there are whispers in the, in the Argentine press that there are other reasons behind it. The kind of organisational and logistical side of the Argentine Federation has, has not been impressive, apparently, and that's, that's pretty old news for anyone who's followed Argentine football. Those complaints have been around for a while, but have seemingly not gone away. And there seems to be a bit of a, uh, a money-related dispute as well. So Scaloni took a long time to renegotiate his contract at the start of the year, and there has apparently been a bit of a delay with some of the payments for the World Cup win due to him and certain members of his staff, as well as a, a reduction in their in their daily expenses. So the money probably not a lot enough on its own to to push him over the edge, but there seemed to be kind of a, a combination of political and and yeah economic factors that have frustrated him and throw in the pressure that the job comes with, the relentlessness of of Argentine football and obviously thinks maybe a rest sooner or later might be the best plan. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Thank you to Jack. So, what of last night's action? Bash it. Can do white shirts to aim for. And there you go. Another early goal. Daniela van der Donk there for Lyon. The Women's Champions League was the headliner, with Lyon making it two wins from two, beating Sam Poulton at the top of Group B. In Group A, reigning champions Barcelona also have two wins. To thread it into the path of Bomati, back for Paruelo! They've got another one! They came from behind to beat 2015 winners Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany. As for tonight, we've got Paris Saint-Germain against Bayern Munich, Chelsea hosting Paris FC and Real Madrid are in action too. You'll find all those games live on Zone and their YouTube channel. Check in there from 5.45pm in the UK, that's 12.45pm Eastern. Elsewhere, Markel Zubizarreta is the new director of women's football at the Spanish FA. He replaces Jorge Vilda, who is also the head coach. Vilda left in September following the fallout from Spain's World Cup success and those infamous celebrations from Luis Rubiales. Speaking of which, Spain haven't yet appointed a new president in his place. There's been some good news for Manchester United too. Luke Shaw has returned to training after three months out injured. And speaking of United... Mason Mount cost them £55 million in the summer. That ended his 18-year spell at Chelsea. It was also supposed to reignite a career that was threatening to stall. Yet, the 24-year-old has struggled to make an impact at Old Trafford and has spent another international break without a call-up for England. Senior writer Ollie Kay has written about the midfielder this week for The Athletic and he joins us now. Ollie, firstly, sum up for us how you feel Mason Mount's move has gone so far. He's yet to score a goal. He's yet to assist a goal in the Premier League. He's been on the bench in recent weeks. I mean, there was an injury early on which didn't help him at all, but he's he's yet to nail down a regular place in a, in a team that's struggling. Um, and I think the fact that Ten Hag has been chopping and changing the midfield in the search of the right balance has had a 
has had an impact on him. When he has played, it's not been a settled role. And um, the stats are pretty worrying as as they were last season. His stats were well down, down last season on the season before at Chelsea and now they're down again. And um, I think he needs a, a run of games and a settled role. And it's not clear how that's going to happen, really. It was obviously a big move for Mason Mount um, from London up to Manchester. Could it have gone differently? Was there always going to be this need for for an adaption time, possibly? I think we should always give give players time and expect it, expect them to take time to adapt. Very very few hit the ground running, but then again, I think he was signed because he was a player who was sort of Premier League ready. Ten Hag had seen him, you know, watched him before, known him for, for years since he was at, at Vitesse in, in Holland playing against Ten Hag's Ajax team. I think one issue with it is that despite the fact that he was a priority signing, not one of these typical modern-day Man United reactive panic signings, he was a, a somebody they really clearly went after. But it's still not very clear to me where he fits in and where Bruno Fernandes fits in. It seems to me that it's it's hard to find a system which really gets the best out, out of both of them. And I, at the moment, I don't think we've seen the best of either of them. So I don't know quite what, what, what his ideal role will be at United. And I think Ten Hag's view of his ideal setup in midfield has, has evolved, really, because of the results they've had and because he's need to, needed to sort of look for a more solid approach. So I think he's a victim of a, of a team that's struggling. And it does seem uh, an issue, and these issues need rectifying sooner rather than later. We've still got two-thirds of the Premier League season to go, but we've got the uh, Euros coming up in the summer, which I'm sure Mason Mount would have hoped and expected maybe a year or two before to definitely have been involved in. So how is this going to figure itself out, do you feel? It's not as if, in his absence, it's not as if others have been excelling at Manchester United. It's not as if a place in the team has been lost because 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 he's struggled and others have taken advantage. I think he will get opportunities over the next few weeks and he'll have to take those opportunities, which he hasn't really done so far but you look you look at the next few games for united it's a very tough game at everton this weekend then galatasaray away really important game in the champions league then i think it's newcastle then chelsea then i think it's bournemouth then Bayern munich big game again in the champions league these are really big high pressure games it's not if there was going to be a run of games which he might get to sort of build himself up to speed i think it would have been the last five or six games but he didn't get those games so if he's going to get chances over the next three four five six games he's going to have to take them that was Ollie Kay, and that's all for today's briefing. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already an Athletic subscriber, then now is the time. Our Black Friday deal is running all this week. Just head to theathletic.com slash briefing and you'll be able to sign up for $1 or £1 per month for the next 12 months. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Adam Leventhal will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving to our US listeners and to all of you, have a great day. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.